Session 33, and you can see that I'm really excited because we're going to talk about Catalyst in programming. Let's begin. All right, the reason why I am so excited about talking on Catalyst and programming is because I feel that this is one of the most important aspects of our tools that we have of understanding how evolution of the soul is, the experience of human uh, form or our third density uh, reality, what we're doing here, our purpose is, uh, it answers in essence for the seeker who is familiarize already with the model of what are the densities of consciousness, how do they relate to our uh, seven chakras and the rest of the information that we know of how this reality works, then it becomes an um, just unvaluable tool to work with and to know at all times because it can be used on every single experience and it actually should be used for those who are in the known for every every single experience so uh we're gonna go in the session there is a couple of questions that we have to go through before we get to catalyst itself or the programming of catalyst and uh they i wanted to include them of course even though i'm really you know um uh, i'm excited to get to the part when we get to the catalyst and you know how programming works and what that means um but you know there's a couple of questions that we're going to cover again you know session starts with don asking something about um uh the contact itself we're going to get into that and then we talk about some colors uh color therapy that was kind of like a thing in the 80s and we'll we'll go through that too um, which actually actually has a couple of things that are important to realize, you know, what the the true work, you know, really is and, you know, where it lies. So, again, I, I have my mind only on the catalyst, but we'll go through the session. Uh, we'll finish with that and uh, we'll go into the second part of the session in, uh, in the next video. So, let's start without getting too much involved with other things. With the session itself... And this is Don saying, in our last session, you can you caution each to look well to the vital energies necessary for non-depletion of the instrument and the contact level. Did that mean that we should, that Jim and I should look at the instruments or be careful of the instrument's vital energies or be careful of our own vital energies? So this question goes into something that uh, Ross said in the last session, if you remember. So, Ra's going to answer this awareness of vital energies in saying, Each entity is responsible for itself. The The mechanics of this process taking place involve, firstly, the use of the physical bodily complex of third density with its accompanying physical material in order to voice these words. Thus, this instrument, this instrument needs to watch its vital energies carefully, for we do not wish to deplete this instrument now all right so let's make a pause here and um go back to uh what don is asking 
It's asking about what Ra mentioned on the vital energies that need to be watched over because it's 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 important for the contact is enormous. Now, vital energies are referring to the energy that our etheric body has that it naturally possess and is capable of managing for the incarnation. So it's almost like a um, there, there, there's a, a buffering of energies that can be allowed for the physical complex. And uh, this is my speculation based on the little, little knowledge that I have. Like this is, uh, this is, you know, important metaphysics that you know I just, just kind of have a grasp on it. So don't take my my words for uh, for granted. But um, this is why we go f to sleep. You know, that is that energy that scientists cannot understand. What do we do when we sleep? You know, what is it in the brain that's processing? And as usual, you know, scientists tend to see the uh, the symptoms just like our medical system, or at least our you know Western medical system works. They only see the symptoms, what has manifested already, and then believe that that is you know the 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 root and everything from it. They don't see the energetics of it, or the internal ones, or the metaphysics. Again, this is uh, a result of Western civilization basing everything from observation and understanding of the physical nature and uh, completely ignoring at times or in general just completely ignoring you know the metaphysics and how this relates like the in how they're intertwined so because of that we have this inability to see you know what's happening as a whole so again the vital energies for me uh, it's sort of what's like it's replenished from the from our sleeping cycle and uh, that is what makes us you know feel energetic or tired sometimes of course there is an analog which is calories or you know our physical energy how energized we feel and that depends on the physical chemical bodies um, how much we take care of it so it must be a balance there in any case not to go on a tangent here uh, the thing is that this um, this vital energy is important, so it needs to be taken care of. Vital energy is not like you're you don't take care of it with your actions here. Of course you do. You know you have that's why you have meditation. That's why you 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 look for not, a non-stressful life because this allows more vital energy, which is pure spiritual energy. This is also related with your spiritual growth, depending on where you are in relation to the potential of growth that you have and we'll get to some of this you know when we talk about catalyst and programming but depending on where you are at you can allow this spirit um, again the spiritual complex is like a channel a shuttle by which intelligent infinity can be channeled so in the same sense you know your spiritual growth is almost like working out a muscle a muscle that by working out with resistance training you can enhance the uh, the capacity of the fibers to allow for work and this work in the analogy that I'm using is the uh, the energy that comes from spirit and that energizes the body through vital energies so in, in any case and again <laughs> I said I'm not gonna go to a tangent here but uh, this is also very exciting you know to know so this in terms of what the the question was asked like how do we manage those energies is what uh, what Don was asking so Ra is saying, you know, and this is quite important to know. They say each entity is responsible for itself, meaning that the majority of our 
energy uh, management comes from the self itself. And the self being the mind uh, primarily, and then the body, you know? So, and spirit, of course, like I said, it's relatable to the spiritual growth that we have, how much of that we allow, and how much we're not involved with the uh, 3D illusion that sort of like uh, subtracts a lot of energy from us. That stressful life that I meant uh, a couple of minutes ago. So they keep on saying, the mechanics of this process taking place involve, firstly, the use of the physical bodily complex of third density which is with its accompanying physical material in order to voice these words. So uh, for the contact itself, because they're relating the vital energies to the contact, there is a use of energy by the physical bodily complex that has this um, this toll on, on the vital energies. For you to move, you have to have some sort of investment in vital energies. Remember, this contact was not like, you know, there was somebody talking to Carla, you know, on, on her ear and she was, you know, muttering the words. This was a narrow band uh, contact between a sixth density being, Ra, and a third density being, or a third density, a physical complex here, which was Carla's, the instrument. And the narrow band meant that there was like a very narrow frequency that could be transmitted and the communication or the connection had to be very pure. So, um, you know, to for them to even move Carla's vocal cords was a strong effort and it required a lot of vital, uh, vital energy. So that's why it was very important. Um, there were some times where they were actually like move her hand slightly because she was getting pain and you know to alleviate the pain she they kind of move her hand so you know this you can see how very little energy they were using to maintain this contact so in any case they keep on going thus this instrument needs to watch its vital energies carefully for we do not wish to deplete this instrument and you know in essence this is just Ross saying you know we're very respectful of Carla you know we don't want to use her vital energies because we want to give information like we are very grateful of using her you know as an instrument and because I'm saying the word instrument I would like to say that the perhaps the best way to describe or define this word in this context is not an instrument like a tool it's an instrument as a musical instrument that can be played because that's what we are we are a tone poem as Ra says which depending on our balance and our uh, alignment we play a tune. We play a very unique tune, which is the mind-body-spirit complex uniqueness of music, which is us. You know, we are the music of this uh, creation's melody. <laughs> Let's put it that way, poetically. So, again, that's what they're they're saying there. Um, next part, they say. Secondly, the function of the supporting group may be seen to be, firstly, that of protection for this contact. Secondly, that of energizing the instrument and intensifying its vital energies. Now, this um, the function of the supporting group may be seen to be firstly... Okay, so now... <laughs> they said secondly twice. So secondly, that's the first part, you know, uh, what we discussed already. The second part is the function of the supporting group, which again may be seen in A, the protection of this contact, for this contact, which is, you know, what they did to protect the contact, the way they... They perform everything. And second, that of energizing the instrument and intensifying its vital energies. 
Uh, there's more to say this, and I'll I'll make the uh, the final um, comments. So. Ross says, this supporting group has always, due to an underlying harmony, been of a very stable nature as regards protection and love and light, thus ensuring the continuation of this narrow band contact. However, the vital energies of either of the supporting members being depleted, the instrument must then use a larger portion of its vital energies, thus depleting itself more than would be profitable on a long-term basis. Okay, so... Um, there's two things. One is like the will that they use, you know, and their their intention. Let's put it that way, because the three of them had such a great harmony between the three of them. It's almost like a, a trio that played, you know, uh, in a band. You know, and I'm thinking of Green Day. If you listen to that, uh, you know, three people playing music. The three of them had such a harmony that um, the underlying harmony was very stable. And because of that, you know, there was there was a lot of protection there. And uh, the vital energies, again, they say, uh, how are the vital energies of either of the supporting members being depleted? Meaning that, say if Jim, I don't know, Jim wanted to go uh, out with his friends, I'm just making up stuff here. <laughs> he wanted to go with his friends and drink and, you know, have, uh, uh, have a bowl that night and come back the next day without sleep and all that stuff. He didn't take care of his vital energies. Not only does the harmony that Jim brought to the, to the group was, you know, broken, but also the supporting, which is, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if they say, no, they, they finish it here. There's one more part. So, uh, okay. The other part that is implied here, let me see if they said it, the instrument must be an used large portion of vital energies. Yes, this is, I can extrapolate from how Jim, remember Jim used to meditate and send love and light to Carla while the contact was going. Um, so there was a, um, if you will, a devotion of Jim to give its vital energies. This is why when you say, I'm sending love and light to you, you know, if you really mean it, as I know, we just use the term like, you know, Hey, have a good morning. <laughs> now in the spiritual communities, we just say, hey, love and light. You know, but when we truly mean it, you know, and we really have a connection with the person, even if we don't know them, you know, we really say love and light, you know, like you're thinking about that person, you're sending some of your vital energies, you know, to that person, which is, you know, a heart moved uh, reaction to knowing the person or just, you know, be grateful for the person. This is all heart, uh, heart-oriented uh, activities. So in any case, that's what Jim was doing. So that's why it's important or was important for them to have, you know, this uh, this harmony, but then also their vital energies. They had to take care of their own vital energies. They were so devoted though, that this was uh, rarely a problem if ever, you know, if ever. So anyhow, we have more to cover. It's the last part of Ra's uh, answer here. And they say, Please understand that we ask your apology for this infringement upon your free will. However, it is our distortion understanding that you would prefer this information rather than being left totally to your own dedication distortions. Deplete the instrument or deplete the group to the point where the contact cannot be sustained. So, what do they mean by this? Uh, I think it's a very heartfelt, talking about heart, uh, heart uh, uh, actions. 
very loving way of Ra saying, you know, I'm sorry that we have to infringe upon your free will by telling you this because this is something that you could figure out yourself, you know, and you don't need us to tell you. So we're kind of like, it's almost like, you know, they're processing for them the information. But because they prefer, you know, uh, to maintain the contact, you can see also that Ra wanted to maintain the contact. They were very happy with this contact. They were so grateful for it that, you know, they didn't mind infringing upon their free will and, you know, uh, attaining to the consequences, you know. And so, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Like, from these paragraphs, you can take out so much of their interaction as personalities. Ra had a personality. Don, Jim, Carla, three of them as one you know, uh, and you can see these little things that are just, you know, it's just like food for my soul, I would say. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, uh, they say being left to your own dedication distortions, deplete the instrument, but deplete the group. It's a very hard felt, like this is not wisdom. What Ra described here, and this is something that I'll probably keep saying over the next, I don't know, 70 sessions, 73 sessions that we may have left. Um, love and wisdom, love light, is a very important thing to keep in mind whenever we're uh, assessing a metaphysical situation or a spiritual uh, situation. So in this case, Ra is really acting with their heart by saying, you know, we want you guys to be fine. You know, we don't want you guys to deplete the instrument or yourselves even, you know, for this contact to be maintained because we really value it. Um, and again, you know, it's a this is, this is another point before going to the next question to emphasize how the raw contact is so beautiful because they did what masters, uh, I mean teachers, do with their students. Really wise um, masters or teachers, what they do with their students is allow them to make the questions and they answer. And depending on the question, they will give certain answers like we have seen so far. Um, so, it, from that point of view, we can see little things like this to show Ra's love to the contact, which, you know, most of the time, and I think this is why the, the material is so hard to digest, is because we see a lot of wisdom that is Ra. You know, Ra is balancing a lot of wisdom because in the past they, they did a lot of love, you know, um, actions. So, in any case, I, I said I was really excited to talk about Catalyst, but... I think anything. I think I'm just excited in general today. So, <laughs> all right, let's go. Before I keep talking about my grandma and everything else, I don't know. <laughs> so, all right, thirty-three point two. Don asks, "Can you give us advice on how to maintain the best possible condition for maintaining contacts?" It's another good question. Ross says, "We have given information concerning the proper nurturing of this channel. Yes, they have. We therefore repeat ourselves only in two ways in general." Firstly, we suggest that rather than being, shall we say, brave and ignoring a physical complex weakness distortion, it is good to share this distortion with the group and thus, perhaps, shall we say, remove one opportunity for contact which is very wearing to the instrument in order that another opportunity might come about in which the instrument is properly supported. Okay, so uh, they have always... I mean, every session ends with Don asking, you know, what can we do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact? This is just another way of asking the same thing. And Ra says, we're given information 
already about nurturing this channel. Uh, plenty of it, 32 so far, I believe, um, or more because there have been some questions there. In any case, uh, they say they're going to repeat themselves in two ways. The first one is that, and this is actually something that they have phrased differently here, which really applies to us too. Um, this is another lesson for us. This is why I love so much reading this uh, material from a sixth density um, being because all of this can be applied here. Not so much because they are of a higher densities, because we possess a higher density, uh, higher self <laughs> from the same density. So it's not like, you know, I just don't want to depict the, uh, some sort of uh, idolizing of any nature for anybody, for a human or even uh, a figure of God, which doesn't really exist, it's just a figment of our imagination, just to uh, take away the responsibility that we are gods, uh, or our responsibility as divine beings, whichever way you want to see it. In any case, what they're saying here is that um, take care of yourself. You know, if you feel like you have a nagging pain or something that it's going to worsen over time because you just want to commit to this. And this is again, you know, an expression of love over wisdom. You want to give so much, you want to do so much for the other person or the other, uh, the event or the thing that you're doing that you negate yourself. This is, you know, what Jesus actually showed here as a higher density being, a total devotion with compassion and love for the human beings, you know. Uh, Jesus was not too wise, and I know this may offend Christians in some way, but that's because they're not seeing the bigger picture of, you know, what Jesus was. Jesus actually downscaled itself to be a full loving, because if, if Jesus was wise, he would not have gone through the process of showing you, or showing us, you know, what to do, you know, how to behave in a loving, fully loving way. It's almost like Jesus came here to radiate pure green light uh, color vibration. That's what Jesus did. It's not that he wasn't wise. His soul was, you know, definitely wise, but he downscaled to that. So, you know, you can see that in the illusory depiction of what Jesus was. Yes, as the being, he suffered a lot, but he learned a lot there too. He polarized himself tremendously. And now he is a fifth density being. According to Ra, at least in 1981, I believe he's still there. So, um, in that case, uh, what I'm trying to say is that you know, devoting yourself too much to a cause is uh, too much love. Some people are caught in that. And again, I said I'll repeat this, and it'll be a theme in in my philosophy because we have to understand these tools as something that we can use. It's not like we're in third density and we cannot use it until we get to fourth or fifth. We are capable, fully capable, of doing all the work here. This is why Gautama Siddhartha, you know, just activated his rainbow body and uh, became the Buddha here. Because the work can be done here. And uh, the point where I'm getting at is that wisdom is also attainable here. In fact, it is really abundant here. There is an abundance of green and, and blue ray here for the achievement of merging into indigo ray, if you follow what I mean. Uh, love and wisdom brings to unity. So balancing that here is important. And the reason why I'm going on here is because we know that we have tendencies to be uh, extremely loving and sacrificing the self, 
or uh, too much to wisdom and sacrificing the possibility of giving love. So uh, balance needs to be there. And in this case, they're depicting the possibility of using too much love for the contact itself and depleting, you know, the uh, uh, her vital energies by too much devotion. And they say, you know, it's in essence, they're saying, you know, it's better if you just skip a session and, you know, she recovers and we're fine in case she has some sort of, you know, physical weakness. So in any case, I don't want to make these too long. Uh, so much to talk about here. Just tremendous material. This session is great. At least this first part. So uh, speaking of Jesus, we're going to talk about Jesus in the next video. So Ra continues. says, secondly, the work begun in harmony may continue. Harmony, thanksgiving, and praise of opportunities and of the Creator. These are your protection. These are our suggestions. We cannot be specific, for your free will is of the essence in this content. As we said, we only speak to the subject because of our grasp of your orientation towards long-term maintenance of this content. This is acceptable to us. So, uh, not too much to say here. We established a pretty good foundation to see you know, how this works. Because once they're activated, let's say, you know, and they have fully devoted to a session, they're saying, you know, that the work begun in harmony will continue or may continue. Harmony, thanksgiving, and praise of the opportunities of the Creator. These are your protection. This is also that we, something that we can use here. It's not specific of the raw contact. This is available uh, use of the will to do things. If we want to begin something and we started with harmony, and we make sure that we have thanksgiving, which is an appreciation. Um, the word may be a little bit misleading depending on how you define the concept or the term itself. Uh, but thanksgiving is just a feeling of appreciation for the opportunity that is presented to you. Praise of opportunities and of the Creator, precisely. Uh, thanking the Creator is not, again, you know, an external thing. It's thanking the creation. It's, uh, I would use the word more creation here because uh, the creator, the thing is that they always assume that we know, uh, at, least, at least at this point, that the creator is everything. <laughs> we are the creator. So, you know, as higher uh, uh, consciousness beings, which we are, you know, we have responsibility to see everything as, uh, as a garden. Like, just like we raise a pet or we raise children or flowers or plants. And again, I know that may sound terrible for some people who say, I just said, you know, raise children, but it's the same thing. I mean, you're raising a being who is not yet at the level of consciousness where they can take care of themselves. So, you know, not to put them with animals or plants, but you know what I mean? You're not, you don't, you don't uh, take the, the wrong sense. I just, I see the words can be, can get so uh, confused sometimes into thinking that people mean something, but you see the meaning behind what I'm saying. So. Again, this is all about the contact. Let's finish it here. We're almost half hour in. We're not even to Catalyst, so it's going to be beautiful. All right, next question. We have a beautiful synchronicity here. 33, 33, 3. <laughs> Don says, thank you very much. The instrument has a device for so-called color therapy. And since we are on, in the past session, the concept of the different colors, I was wondering if these, in some way, apply to the principle of color therapy in the shining of particular colors on the physical body. Does this have any beneficial effect? And can you tell me something about it? So, 
quick um, quick understanding of what this means. In the 80s, I guess they were devising, you know, this is almost like, you know how they play with radioactive material in uh, the beginning of the 19th or 20th century, actually, uh, and they play with other stuff that, because of ignorance, I mean, that was a lot more devastating than this, but it's, a, it's almost like a primitive way of using the new things that we learn. Um, <clears throat> this refers to shining colors to people and using the colors to kind of like work, you know, the chakras or the levels of consciousness, which you can see how rudimentary that may be, you know, but again, 1981, it's not a, it's not very well known. Science was not very developed. Not that we are developed right now, <laughs> but, uh, you know, 40 years later, at least we can discern this. So that's what Don is asking, you know, how beneficial is this to shine lights, you know, colors uh, through, uh, through some light beams to the physical body. And Ra is going to say, this therapy, as you call it, is a somewhat clumsy and variably useful tool for instigating in an entity's mind-body-spirit complex an intensification of energies or vibrations, which may be of aid to the entity. The variableness of this device is due, firstly, to the lack of true colors used, secondly, to the extreme variation and sensitivity to vibration among your peoples. So, um, you can see that, I mean, they're saying that Yes, the uh, uh, the therapy is a you know a clumsy or primitive, rudimentary way of using this to instigate the intensification of energy. So you know uh, to bring an understanding. Again, you know, I think this depicts what we said you know in, in just at the beginning of the video. Scientific approach of doing things from the external. When we know that the best way to balance your energy centers is through your mind, you know that it's an internal change that we have to do and not so much an external. So it's not like they were going to develop, they, I'm sure they would have tried because that's the Western mentality of work, working from the outside in, as opposed from the inside out. And uh, we, you know, <laughs> I suppose they wanted to create some sort of uh, like a, a chamber of something, you know, that you can, Maybe shine colors and people come out and lighten. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, maybe it's just, uh, me mocking, you know, more than I should, but <laughs> I just think it's funny to think that way. Um, who cares, anyways? <laughs> so, you know, this is, uh, they say, you know, it's, uh, it's the variableness of this device is because the lack of true colors use, of course, you know, any reflection of the colors that we see right now is not a true color itself. A true color is a pure vibration of that energy. So, for example, pure green we cannot see, we can feel, we know what it feels like because we know compassion, love and understanding. That is pure vibration, green color. So, uh, the green color that we see here, you know, it's an analog, you know, uh, that doesn't help much. So, that is the first thing. And secondly, the extreme variation of sensitivity to vibration among your peoples. Again, the word vibration helps a lot here because, you know, sensitivity to vibration is what really creates, you know, the person to be able to receive that, you know, if you're blocked in your lower chakras, then guess what, you know, no matter how much, you know, green light I may, you know, and I'm talking about even metaphysical light, trying to give you love and compassion, make you feel, listen, you're not a body, you're a, you know, a spiritual being, you may not be receptive to that. So, you know, it's very variable, that sensitivity to vibration. Okay, so, We'll go to the next uh, question now, which still has to do with this color therapy. Don says, I would 
I would think that you could achieve a true color by passing the light through a crystal of the particular color. Is this correct? Process, this would be one way of approaching accuracy in color. It is a matter of what you would call quality control that the celluloid used is a varying color. This is not a great or even visible variation. Note the word visible. However, it does make some difference given specific applications. So in essence, crystals are a little bit more in line with true color vibration. Because they shine those colors, uh, they it's almost like a validation that they can channel those energies. And that's why crystals are so well used in healing. And we have covered that material already. Um, so, you know, the, the, the healer being able to channel pure energy is able to use also the crystals as analogs for the shining or balancing of those and allowing, basically, because that's what's happening. You know, you, you're using the crystal or device, you know, device, I mean the crystal, to um, instigate, you know, the to make the person tune into that vibration. If they're blocked, guess what? It's not going to happen. If they're open, of course, you know, a patient who is uh, trusting their healer in this way, they will be open to do the inner work to uh, allow the energy to flow through those energy centers, if that makes sense. So uh, they say, okay, however, it does make some difference given specific uh, applications. Again, you know, it's just, um, it, it is, a, I think it's a huge difference. They do say, I mean, huge difference between, you know, the, <laughs> the simple light color that they could use through celluloid. Uh, so, you know, the, the uh, which is a very, again, crude way of trying to apply colors to the energy centers, let's put it that way. So the crystals are much better. And Don is going to elaborate on that in the next question. Where he said, possibly the use of a prism, breaking white light into its spectrum and then screening off all parts of the spectrum except that which you wish to pass through a slit and use would be even better. Would this be true? Ron says, this is correct. And again, you know, just to finalize this point on um, the, um, the use of breaking down the prism of white lights into you know the the rainbows or the rainbow colors then filtering out whatever say you filter out just to keep on with consistency on green and that shining upon the person they say yes that would be a, a better refinement it's important to see what the question was you know would this be better and i think it's what don said and they said yes it doesn't mean that yes that is the way for you to activate your green energy center you know that's not the way to um you know balance your green energy center no they're just saying it is correct that is a refinement of it and much better than you know me using a i don't know uh a plastic sheet that through light can beam some color you know, way better to use that uh, or possibly the crystal so who knows in any case uh that brings the end to that now, now let's dive into the content that is really, really exciting for me here. So, Don says, thank you. I was wondering if there is a programming of experiences that causes an individual to get certain catalysts in his daily life. For instance, as we go through our daily life, there are many things that we can experience. We look at these experiences as occurring by pure chance or by a conscious design of ours. 
like making appointments or going places. I was just wondering if there was a behind the scenes, I might call it, programming of catalysts to create the necessary experiences for more rapid growth in the case of some entities. Is this, does this happen? So um, we're gonna go into Ra's answer, of course, with details and everything, but just to get you know on the boat together here, what Don is saying is there's a program of experience that causes individuals to get certain catalysts in this daily life. Okay, we have a programming from our um, pre-incarnational uh, decisions on how to live this life, a blueprint, if you will, of catalyst that will bring about experiences for us to process it. And uh, that's what Don is asking, you know. So they say, you know, there's there's many things that we experience and if there was a behind the scenes programming of Catalyst to create the necessary, like this question is phrasely, is phrased so well um, to me that it just, just brings about the whole um, process of what we do here. What life is all about, actually. And this is why I said, you know, I'm really pumped to talk about this because this is what really life is about. Um, from a macro perspective, you know, life is about sitting, you know, in front of a river and simply watch it, you know, with contemplation and a, a smile on your face and, you know, eyes that pierce the whole planet's core and beyond to the stars and beyond the veil and everything else. I mean, that is what life is about. However, you know, from the perspective of the wholeness of life, we are going through a school of third density, which brings about experiences that become catalysts or potential catalysts for us to grow. And the question is, what are we growing from? How are we growing also? What are those mechanisms behind? What is happening? And how do we use them for the best, uh, to the best ability, you know, uh, that we can have? And so this is where the question is going to, to the web that is behind the scenes, that invisible web that is guiding us through the experiences and it's making cyclical experiences happen, you know, and it's making us see with better uh, perspective or consciousness the things that we used to uh, not be bearable of. So this, this is going to open that discussion and I, I'm actually a little sad that there's not much to talk about, you know, in terms of what they said, uh, or at least not enough. <laughs> I wish there was more, but it's very concise as usual what they say. So let's begin. 33.6 Ra responds and says, we believe we grasp the heart of your query. Please request further information if we are not correct. Ra says, the incarnating entity which has become conscious of the incarnative process and thus programs its own experience may choose the amount of catalyst or, to phrase this differently, the number of lessons which it will undertake to experience and to learn from in one incarnation. This does not mean that all is predestined, but rather that there are invisible guidelines shaping events which will function according to this programming. So. This is what, again, I, I gave a little bit of a background to what Ra was going to say, because this is just how it is. 
these are the lines that we call fate. When people say, well, that's your destiny, that's your fate, uh, it's not as about specific events. The events are illusory depictions of your true reality behind it and what you're trying to learn. It's almost like saying, you know, the lessons that you got in school were the real deal. No, the lessons were, you know, the, uh, the, the catalyst that promoted the inspiration for you to learn those things by heart and not by just memorizing. So, uh, you know, in the same way, we're having the same process here in Third Density. We're only seeing it as not a lesson, but as an experience. And so our ability to discern the experience as a lesson, as opposed to a happening to me, uh, you can see how we can get so deep into the perception of the ego, how the ego can get involved and say, you know, this is happening to me. This, there is a me. There is a me that things are happening to. And uh, from there, you know, this is a very low level to analyze experience, but it's important because we all have to face it. But that is the lower centers of experience, how we perceive things, you know, as an individual being, as a part of a social group and so on. Uh, once we go up to the higher understandings of reality from love and wisdom, then we can see that since we're not the body, that we're something beyond the body, then anything that has happened to the body must be a lesson to me. It's a, it's a logical conclusion to get to once we get into this, uh, this discernment. So um, this, this, this really you know, drives uh, uh, home the point that we, we, the perspective that we must see once we understand this, and this is not something that we can force on people. Uh, this is why trying to convince people, or trying to, not even convince, convince sounds terrible, but trying to uh, make people see things the way we do, unless they have achieved a sort of vantage point of consciousness, they won't be able to, and we cannot force it, because we have to come to this understanding by heart, not because we read it somewhere. This is the same reason why people go through books and books and books of reading metaphysics and reading all kinds of, you know, uh, conceptions of reality and Buddhism. You know, there's so many books where you don't need books for Buddhism. That's that's a uh, Zen Buddhism has no books. You know, and the books that have been written says, you know, that this is not a book about Zen. <laughs> Zen cannot be written. You know, uh, so in in the same way, you know, this information either is it's it's gained by heart and you feel it and you live it, or you don't. So going back to um, to uh, to the lesson itself or to to the mechanism is when we see that we have this uh, this view of reality where we know that everything that's happening to us is a sort of curriculum that we created for ourselves, then we have the possibility of absorbing that information and making it work for ourselves as opposed to making it works work against us, making us repeat that catalyst. So again, you know, I, I, I know I'm taking a long time here. It's so much, so beautiful. So they say, okay, phrase different, the number of lessons which it will undertake to experience and to learn from in one incarnation. This is uh, the programming of the self. So the form maker, sixth density body, um, creates the incarnation, the, or in the incarnation creates a program of catalyst and says, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna experience all these things and see how it goes. 
once we come here, then we have our free will and our through the veil perception of ego self and this all gets involved and that's the game. The game is to break free from the perception of self that actually has this idea that we are separate. That idea that we are a being. Being separate is not so much of not seeing yourself in others, but also feeling yourself a victim. That is the probably the worst part of separateness, is to feel yourself a victim. And this is why I always say, and if you watch my last video, uh, or just last couple of videos when we talk about uh, homosexuality, I really emphasize the point, which has nothing to do with homosexuality, but it brings up the point of labels, titles, uh, identifications, anything that labels you as a separate being, it it, it creates sensitivity to you, um, sensitizes you to you being a victim. Because once you are separate, you are a target for uh, for for feeling alienated. And people will do that. You're supposed to feel this, actually, if you see it from this point of consciousness, because it's a lesson for you not to feel separate. So your sexuality, your identity, your color, your race, your status, uh, social status, your your beliefs of yourself, your religions, your anything that you can label yourself as will become a catalyst for you to experience separateness and to feel unity because in separateness through contrast is where we learn so the more isolated you feel the more catalyst will come to show you the oneness of it so i hope i'm making sense here but the point that i'm trying to make is that you know labels and identities only uh, separate us more and become and we become more the victim which is fine as long as we understand that the purpose of us feeling a victim is to see the lesson in oneness because victim is separate and uh, responsibility for the self is oneness. So in any case, this does not mean that all is predestined, true, but rather that there are invisible guidelines shaping events which will function according to this programming. Okay, so because of the programming, you know, it's not like it's predestined for you to have an accident or for you to win the lottery. It's just, you know, that uh, these, um, these, uh, these programmings are there and they will, um, they're shaping the event itself. It could be any event, you know, they will shape, they will take form depending on which catalyst you have uh, chosen pre-incarnatively. So um, let's go to the next part before I keep going. <laughs> we have so much more to cover, I feel. So Ra says, thus, if one opportunity is missed, another will appear until the, shall we say, student of the life experience grasped that a lesson is being offered and undertakes to learn it. Beautiful. See? All right. I love that I set the foundation <laughs> for this to be understood even you know, faster. So we're not going to linger here too much. They're saying, okay, those one opportunities miss. Again, cyclical. If one opportunity is missed and you reject it and you say, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I have other things to do. You are being respectful of yourself by saying, you know, I'm putting it off. You know, I'm just putting it off. And it'll keep coming. That's what they say. The student of, of the life experience grasps it, it'll happen again. Another will appear until the student basically grasps the lesson that is offered and undertake, undertakes to learn it. Learn it is accepting it, accepting it as you know something that became part of you, that it showed you something. How do you balance it? Through acceptance. You 
you go through the process of accepting it as you know not something that happened to you but something that you created yourself you take responsibility you don't blame others you know uh, in the case of where that can be applied and you don't feel a victim of nature or a victim of your own biology in that case you just know in case you have a disease uh, something you cannot cure through you know however much you do you know just, just accept it so acceptance acceptance with faith is probably uh, the best way we can go about this so all right Don is gonna ask another question and he'll say then these lessons would be reprogrammed you might say as a life experience continues let's say that an entity develops a bias that he actually didn't choose to develop prior to incarnation it is then possible to program experiences so that he will have an opportunity to alleviate this bias through balancing is this correct Ra says this is precisely correct and uh, I just love how Don was flowing with you know the, um, the uh the consistency of the questions here very well formulated um and when he says the lessons would be reprogrammed is that the the lessons will undergo the um a reprogramming again the reprogram may mean in my opinion uh, as the life experience continues you see so during the incarnation this can be reprogrammed uh, i'll give you an example of that um because they say okay let's just finish up this let's say that an entity develops a bias that he actually didn't choose to develop prior to incarnation it's then possible to reprogram or to program experiences so that he will have an opportunity to alleviate this bias through balancing so uh this is a great example a lot of people have a uh, they have catalyst and they don't process it because you're supposed to process it here mentally you have the power here in your mind but if you keep putting off you know the 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 experience itself, the catalyst that you're supposed to lesson, then your body will take on that lesson and it'll show up or manifest as disease. Again, I'm not trying to scare you or anything. Uh, <laughs> that's not the point, but it is the mechanism in which it happens. You know, shamans will tell you this. Uh, new age uh, energy healers will tell you this. And, you know, they, they will tell you that energy. I mean, we talk about um, uh, emotional baggage. The... Um, I forgot what it's called. Oh my God, I worked with uh, Ron. Hopefully, Ron's not watching this. <laughs> um, it'll come to me, the term. But it's uh, trapped emotions. So, there we go. Ron, if you're watching this, I learned. <laughs> so, trapped emotions are a a way that the body, you know, deals with this emotional baggage. And it'll eventually, you know, show up as a disease. It could be cancer. It could be tumor. It could be, you know, some sort of imbalance within the organ could be something like that that is how it is reprogrammed if the person is not being able to process it mentally you are given opportunities over and over and over um, this is why traumas are so important to be healed and they are the first ones to be healed through you know your uh, lack of security or your insecurities your fears your whatever all of that is manifested through uh, because of the trauma so if you work through that you will heal your traumas at least one way I'm not saying this is the one way uh, but as you do that, you clear yourself from that emotional baggage and become uh, healthy as you're supposed to be, depending on the catalyst that hasn't been processed. So that is one way. It can be reprogrammed in other ways, you know, and I, I just don't know. I don't have the means to uh, truly say how they can be reprogrammed, but it could be, you know, in other ways. It could be, say, you know, if it was 
a sort of girlfriend that was coming to you, you know, and uh, and just making you feel, you know, whatever, insecure because you weren't manly enough or, you know, you weren't, you know, sensitive enough, could be too. Uh, and you didn't program, you didn't process that well, and you felt guilty with yourself. Then it might stop being, you know, the girlfriend or your girlfriends that did that to you. It would become, say, you know, maybe your daughter now. You know, it could be somebody else. It could be now, you know, a friend or whatever. You know, that's just my way of trying to uh, come up with ideas of how this can be programmed. But as long as you see the repeating lesson, that is what's happening. You know, so all right. So Ra says this is precisely correct. And we're gonna go to one of the last questions that we have. Redon says, thank you. Then from this, I would extrapolate to the conjecture, I will say that the orientation and mind of the entity is the only thing that is of any consequence at all. The physical catalyst that he experiences, regardless of what is happening about him, will be a function strictly of his orientation and mind. I will use as an example, an example that was deleted, this being a statement of the orientation and mind governing the catalyst. Is this correct? All right, so <laughs> this question is very structured, very, you know, uh, intellectual. So in essence, what Don is asking is, you know, um, does the direction of the mind uh, affects basically, you know, the catalyst? They say, or he says, um, the orientation in the mind, the entity is the only thing that is of consequence at all. Yeah, of course, your orientation of mind will be the, uh, not the consequence, I wouldn't use that word, but you know, what? what's really important, the only thing that matters really is the orientation of the mind, let's put it that way. The physical catalyst that he experiences, regardless of what is happening about him, will be a function strictly of his orientation in mind. Sure, you know, depending on the orientation of the mind, the uh, experience, the catalyst experience would uh, would be related to that, depending on the orientation of the mind. And we're going to get some examples on that. Uh, because they don't use an example and was deleted. You'll see why, which again, it reinforces the beauty of the contact and the information transmitted through Ra to, uh, to the LNL research group. And the quality, the quality of the information is just what's so, uh, so beautiful. Again, this being a statement of the orientation in mind governing the catalyst, is that correct? So let's go into what Ra has to say about the orientation of the mind and catalyst itself. So Ra says, we prefer not to use any well-known examples, sayings or adages in our communications to you due to the tremendous amount of distortion which any well-known saying has undergone. Therefore, we may answer the first part of your query asking that you delete the example, which they did. It is completely true to the best of our knowledge that the orientation or polarization of the mind-body-spirit complex is cause of the perceptions generated by each entity. Beautiful, okay. So, first of all, uh, big thing here. When they say, you know, uh, we prefer not to use example sayings or anything that is, uh, that is known, that is well-known, because then they will give power to that. So say, I'm not sure if Don used an example of a person and they deleted the person and the example, or if they just used like say a saying, you know, or an adage, like in the sense that saying, you know, uh, you reap what you sow, you know, like that's, that's a saying. 
you, you get what you deserve, whatever. Because of the power that we have given to that, if they say, yes, that's true, then people would say, you know, oh, yes, you know, this is how it happens. You know, you reap what you sow. And they don't go further. The, the purpose of this material is for you, and this is something that I encourage all the time, is for you to take the material to really digest what they said and see what it feels to you or feel what it feels to you, you know, um, because they took so much care to not use, and I'm sure that like um, other other topics that can be a little controversial and or simply diversified into different meanings, then you can see that this is, you know, this it's a very, um, it's a very delicate thing to do with words because we we give too much value to words. That is that is our problem. Again, it's a Western problem. The Orientals, the Eastern philosophy, actually emphasizes this. The words have no meaning. I mean, they're <laughs> they're a simple tool, very primitive tool to communicate. We shouldn't attribute any meaning to it. Uh, but no, Western civilization is based upon you know no metaphysics, no uh, energetics, none of that. And we give too much value. So that's why they said, you know, this is very important that we didn't use any of that because we don't want to give power to that. So they answer the question that um, it is true to the best of their knowledge that the orientation or polarization of the person. So if your orientation is to manipulate others, then yes, you know, the, the catalyst that you will perceive will be, you know, used for that. It will become your 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 catapult for that if you if you want to you know it, it really depends on the orientation of the mind so when what you perceive as good i may perceive as bad you know because i have a different orientation uh what you perceive as you know something not to do i will perceive it as you know something that i will exploit it will reflect what you have inside and uh, true reflection is really to see you know is my reaction to the catalyst or to the experience what is desirable for me by my conscious orientation and that is what true reflection is reflection in the, in the way of introspection so uh, that's what they're saying here uh, it really depends and polarization is another great word that they use here because that that really empowers polarization in that sense all right let's go on uh ross says Thus, a scene may be observed in your grocery store. The entity ahead of self may be without sufficient funds. One entity may then take this opportunity to steal. Another may take this opportunity to feel itself a failure. Another may unconcernedly remove the least necessary items, pay for what it can, and go about its business. The one behind the self observing may feel compassion, may feel an insult because of standing next to a poverty-stricken person, may feel generosity, may feel indifference. And all right, so the next slides they say, I'm just gonna read it since I did the transition already. Do you see, do you now see the analogies in a more appropriate manner? Uh, let me go back to this. It's just uh, see, this is so awesome. They first of all, they said, let's not use a well known example. So they give an analogy, right? And the analogy used here is that a person, first of all, is a scene. You know, a scene where uh, a person is, you know, it's going to pay for something. It doesn't have sufficient funds. It doesn't have enough money. So see the orientation of the mind and how it can be perceived and how it can be used. This is an experience. 
it provides catalyst as a catalyst has no polarity catalyst is just what it is you know it's like okay that underlying uh potential that lies there to see how are you going to react how are you going to react to this um and they say okay uh, i love the way they put it because they kind of like show uh, the ability to see yourself through the energy centers too so okay so you're going to pay you don't have enough money and one entity or one person that doesn't have like say uh, me i don't have enough uh, um, money to pay so i will steal instead because i want that another person may feel the opportunity to feel itself a failure so it's just feeling worthless oh my god i don't have enough money you know i just i'm, I'm a failure i'm unworthy of this Another may simply just say, meh, you know, I'll just not pay for this, pay for what I have, go about my business. This is not important. Uh, that's a person that is completely unconcerned with anything. Heart. It sounds to me. Uh, the person who steals is more into the survival and kind of one-to-one -one type of, you know, like red-orange ray. And the person that feels a failure may be very, well, yellow because you feel a failure in comparison to others in the group. So that is a yellow ray blockage to me. Stealing may be a red ray or an orange ray, depending on how you see it. And the other one might be just like green ray, man, eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Um, the one behind the self, so the other person that is watching, observing, may feel compassion, heart, green ray. May feel an insult because of standing next to a poverty-stricken person. That's yellow ray, you know, feeling like, oh my God, why am I here? You know, this, ugh, I should go to a higher standard, you know, let me go to Whole Foods. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> May feel generosity, you know, that's again, hard chakra or even blue ray because you're now expressing, it's not compassion only, but you're in generosity. You may say like, hey, hold on, I'll pay for your stuff, brother. Out of love, you act, you communicate, you communicate yourself in an honest and you know truthful way, that is Blu-ray to me. And um, another may feel indifference. You know that's the uh, probably orange ray. Like meh, I don't care. Whatever. You know that's his business. <laughs> Unpolarized, of course. So you can see the beauty of these uh, examples. Oh my god, I I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with this energy. I have too much vital energy in me today. <laughs> so uh, let me see. If, I think we have one more question. Um, We'll cover this last question, I believe. Yes. All right. So, Don says, yes, I do see the analogy. That's the question that Ra uh, asked. So, Don says, yes, I do. Then from this, I will extrapolate a concept which is somewhat more difficult because, as you have explained before, even fourth density positive has the concept of defensive action. But above the fourth density, the concept of defensive action is not in use. The concept of defensive action and he laughs or chuckles offensive action are very much in use in this our present experience so um there's there's a golden nugget hidden here that I'll, I'll try to explain so he says okay from this i'll extrapolate the concept which is somewhat more difficult because as you have explained before even four density positive has the concept of defensive action but above the four density the concept of defensive action is not in use this is something that goes back to, um, if you remember when we talk about the battle between Orion and the Confederation, Ra said that uh, the battle takes place in fourth density because in fifth density, in essence, they know better. They know better not to engage in a manipulative action. 
And I'll make an example here with third density. So uh, in fourth density, love and compassion, four density beings, they just want to give that love. And they're looking at the negative beings and say, you know, I mean, with true compassion, they say, you are me. I want to be, you know, your friend. <laughs> Let's be friend. Let's hug. You know, and the negatives are saying, no, 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 we just want to manipulate you. And they're saying, no, we can't be manipulated because we love you. And they're like, well, yeah, we, we love you, but we want to use you. And they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, man. So I can't help you. I lose polarization. Oh, I can't manipulate you. I lose polarization. That's happening for density. That is the battle. It's not, you know, no missiles, no, you know, swords or psychic attacks and stuff like that. <laughs> I know David Wilcock likes talking about that stuff. I think it's very, you know, poetic of him to say, I don't believe that's what's happening. <laughs> Uh, but again, you know, just everybody depicts it in, in its own way. Um, but in fifth density, you become more aware, more wise and say, well, I mean, I'm not going to try to convince you because you're in the negative path. And now I understand what your purpose is here. So I'll leave you alone. Don't talk to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll just do my business. And the fifth density is going to say, like, well, I, I do see you're in the positive path, which you know, wisely, I would not engage and try to manipulate you. So there's no battle. There's no need for battle. Sixth density and beyond, of course, doesn't happen. So that's where Don is extrapolating this and saying that, you know, this is uh, because of this happening in here in third density, does that happen? And I'll give you the example just to finish up the, uh, um, the, the talk about this is that, okay, so imagine a very hard, actually probably um, a little sensitive, but I'll use it. Somebody who's always, you know, giving to a person and is encouraging the self-destructive person who is manipulating him or her, you know, to uh, to behave in certain ways. So there is a negative person trying to manipulate him, beating this person, or you know, encouraging psychopathic behaviors, and the other person being full compassion, no wisdom, for density purely hard will be their slave they would just you know be there trying to give love and the other person is abusing 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 that is you know a an encounter that happens if the person grows becomes wise and realizes that even though you want to give love that person is a self-destructive individual you will uh, reject and withdraw from the situation that is evolution of the soul. That is growth in catalyst of experience because you are growing from that. So that is a really good example of what's happening in fourth and fifth density. Uh, and here it would happen too. If you become wise and realize that a relationship is not working for you, whether that be, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a boss at work or a brother could be your sister, sibling, whatever, you know, friends, anybody can enact that on you and you have the discernment to see it that way. The thing is not to reject with uh, indifference, but reject in wisdom of knowing that you want to give love and you're always available to give that love, but not to sacrifice yourself. Sacrifice is from, from fourth density, love over wisdom, meaning that there is an imbalance of love over wisdom. So, all right, we're over the hour already and we have the last question here. Um, which, again, uh, I think Radon has more to say to this. 
and says, I am assuming that if an entity is polarized strongly enough in this thought in a positive sense, defensive action is not going to be necessary for him because the opportunity to apply defensive action will never originate for him. Is this correct? Radis says, this is unknowable. In each case, as we have said, an entity able to program experiences may choose the number and the intensity of lessons to be learned. It is possible that an extremely positively oriented entity might program for itself situations testing the ability of self to refrain from defensive action, even to the point of the physical death or self or other self. This is an intensive lesson and it is not known. Shall we say what entities have programmed? We may, if we desire, read this programming. However, this is an infringement and we choose not to do so. So. Um, beautiful answer. First, again, you know, the, the question that Don said, applying that uh, that understanding, a person that has, you know, hard, this is a really good question, actually, you know, a person that has a, you know, a hard, positive, polarized, you know, will not, or actually, you know, wisdom in this case, will not uh, go into defensive actions. And Ross says, you know, this is unknowable. This is not, you know, it's impossible to know because you may be a sixth density wanderer, uh, or a fifth density wonder, or even, you know, um, Jesus, I just used a, you know, it fits perfectly again, because you can see that uh, Jesus, when when Jesus said that, you know, he finally realized what happened, and if you watch Game of Thrones, something happened to Rhaegar there too, when Rhaegar was, you know, this, this quiet person, and then he comes back, you know, from uh, Summerhall and saying, you know, I suppose, I think it's Summerhall, where he says, you know, I need to become uh, apparently a hero or whatever he said. Uh, so the same thing happened to Jesus. Jesus realized what was his purpose. And once he realized that, he said, oh, okay, <laughs> I need to do this. But this is my purpose in life. That was his physical, uh, um, what do they call it? Programming, physical programming of catalyst, going up to the point of physical death. Do you think Jesus was not wise enough to realize what was happening? I mean, he was initiated. He went through the process. <clears throat> Some people say he went to Egypt or somewhere else. It doesn't matter. He was initiated by by any means through Gnosis, which is really what came out of him um, in his teachings. Through Gnosis, he knew what was you know his purpose here, and he did it. He did it to the physical death because he applied himself, even though he had wisdom. He knew that his program was to show the world what was love what was compassion and full understanding through his crystallization of being. And this is why Jesus is such a powerful figure because it depicts uh, a, a crude reality of what humans are from one way and the other. So in any case, Jesus is going to be discussed, funny enough, you know, in, uh, in the next video, uh, a little bit, not too much, not too much in depth. Like we have session 17, if you haven't watched that, go watch it. Uh, that's where we talk about Jesus. Um, in the law of one. So um, this is an intensive lesson and it is not known. They just, it, it's not known for the individual or for anybody, you know, for that matter. Them of sixth density, they can actually see programming. That's a cool feature of being a sixth density being. They can see the programming in people, but they cannot talk about it. I mean, that would be an infringement to talk about, oh yeah, you were programmed this way or that person was programmed. It's almost like, you know, intimacy. You keep intimacy. You know, uh, you have a, you have some uh, some ethics, man. Some, 
space-time, time-space ethics. So, in any case, uh, that is the answer to this. Um, it really depends on your programming, how far you want to go. Uh, some people may have that. I don't. I don't think you know many will have that extreme. Um, uh, they said this is an intensive lesson. You know, that's to me that sounds like extreme. It's very extreme. It's not very uh, very understandable. So um, in any case, or ha not understandable. It's not very common, and it is also not understandable from our perspective. So again. This is all I have. I can go on for a long time here because we're talking about the process of experience, which is an everyday thing that brings about catalysts and I can go on. So my conclusions here, of course, are going to be in terms of how you use this. I, from now on, I will be talking about more on the, um, the importance of knowing where we are at not only in our physical universe, which is third density, I'll call that a universe, uh, which is third density, but also in our uh, fractal hologram of the creator, all seven densities right here. Um, you have them, you are the universe, you are, you are a microcosm of the universe. Why am I saying this? Because as we learn these lessons, we know that certain numbers, let's call it numbers in terms of energy centers, these energy centers provide a sort of experience that needs to be understood, learned, processed, accepted, and transcended from. And there is a division from first density or first energy center, red ray, uh, which is, you know, a, a strong experience of coming from the form to the form from the formless to the to the form to the informed so you know that is that's a strong one one three five are the most important ones in terms of experience because it's external experience that informs you whereas two four and six orange green uh, indigo are more introspective more internal realization so it, there is an external realization, there is an internal realization, external, internal. And you can see that from one, two, three, four, five, six, meaning uh, red ray to orange, acceptance, identity, uh, uh, yellow ray to green, acceptance again, and identity of everybody as the self. And then you go on to fifth and sixth, to the realization of everybody as the creator. So these are important steps. We can use these all the time in our experiences to see what the experience is telling you about you in those steps, in whatever those steps may be. You know, is it, is it survival? Are you alive? Okay, that's all that matters. <laughs> it's easy one, you know. Then three is the intense one again. Uh, you know, what does this mean to you? How do you feel in the group? How do you see the uh, the other person that acted upon you? What did the person do? If it's the other self, then I have taught myself something. Whether the experience was nasty or not, that is my perception. That is my discernment. That is my bias. Because you were nasty to me. What you did to me, I can consider nasty, and another person may consider, you know, awesome. You know, thank you for doing that. 
because of the perception. And that is, you know, a strong, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's a strong uh, experience that we need to process. And then again, you know, from fifth is understanding each other as the creator, which is beyond, you know, uh, the scope of this, um, uh, this, this conclusion or where I want to go is to know that these are the tools. Remember, and if you want to go a little deep into what fifth uh, uh, work is, Blu-ray, so not to call it fifth density, to believe that we need to achieve fifth density to work this. Blu-ray is about uh, communicating honestly who you are so you can understand you know, that the others also have something to communicate to you in the same, uh, um, in the same position as a creator. So you work with love to acquire wisdom externally. If you work only to reflect yourself in another person, then you're limiting yourself to seeing yourself. You're not working through love, which is open to the others, so you can see the reflection of them into you as the creator. You learn more the, um, the identity of creator of yourself by knowing others, because they are all depicting the creator to you. So that is, you know, not to go deep again into that, this is something that again I'll talk about, you know, in uh, as, as often as it's uh, it's reflected in the material. But it is important, and you know that's uh, that to me is it's it's a it's a really good tool to have. So um, in essence, the way to recap this whole session for me in the conclusion is to use these experiences through the different points of consciousness that we know that we have that we have activated already and that we are working to energize and we're working to activate even further, I mean, further along the chain if you haven't, or, you know, uh, just develop it even more, balance it, because once it's open, you need to balance it. All this work is through the experience, the constant experience that you're getting and analyzing it beyond the body, beyond the three energy centers at the bottom where you just transcend from duality, you transcend from the body, from the identity of self, the ego and all that stuff, then you can do more work. So with that, I want to thank you so much if you watch all this. Uh, for me, it was super uh, rewarding to be able to just express all this, record it in a video, and put it out here for whoever wants to watch it. Uh, it's a good time to say subscribe, uh, share, like, uh, do the whole thing, interact, leave comments, whatever. You know, this really helps the channel to grow. Uh, I'm only interested in that because I, I feel like there's more people who can get a little glimpse onto what they're seeking, you know, through this, in this information. I do my best always to just reflect what I, what I read, what I see, what I feel. It's not final. It's not the ultimate interpretation, of course. There is no ultimate interpretation. The ultimate interpretation is what you make out of it. So with that in mind, uh, thank you so much again for watching. I really appreciate you. I love the comments that you guys leave. I, uh, I'm always, you know, looking and checking, you know, to see if I can add more stuff. Uh, follow me on Instagram or um, in Facebook too, if you wanna watch more Law of One content, I'm creating more of that stuff there. But all ads aside of my personal stuff, or not my personal stuff, but other social media, that's it. I'll see you in part two of session 33.